Gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective Podcast right here on planettyro.com. I am your host, Donald Wonder, and I'm joined once again by my very stylish, slick, and very well-spoken co-host, Simon Red. Okay, man. Uh, what's up? You feeling okay? <laughs> it's a lot of compliments all of a sudden. What happened to the usual sarcasm? Yeah, man. Come on. This is a bit played out. I've got, I've got to give you a little bit of the positives as well as the negatives. And I just want to get on with the recording this time because this, this movie, you know... Guys, last time, we actually spoke about 994's Bullets Over Broadway. If you're on YouTube, I'll put a link in the top right corner to go back to that discussion. But as you know, this is the Woody Allen retrospective. We're doing all the movies, all the TV specials. We have a webpage, WoodyAllenRetro.com. You'll see everything listed there. And I want to thank all the guys that listen on the podcast using the podcast app on iOS android apps we're on stitch radio guys if you're listening on youtube you can listen on the podcast as well podcast youtube we made it easy for you guys and i also want to thank you guys on the podcast we keep getting more listeners which is really cool i want to thank the guys on the reddit page and the letterbox page for all the the feedback i know more recently i was bad mouthing manhattan murder mystery you know the one where um diane keaton and woody allen got together after like a decade and i actually got i should go kill myself email which i really appreciate <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a request you can easily deliver on, so it's not even hard. I could, but I won't, because if I'm not here, who's going to continue to do the retrospective? I know Simon's not, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Exactly. I won't even go to the fucking funeral, so don't count on me. I'm busy. Ah, thanks, buddy. And that's exactly why I didn't insult you this time. So, guys, remember, we are doing spoiler discussions. If you haven't watched these movies before we speak about it, I would prefer you do, because when we start talking about the ins and outs and the plot... You know, we don't want you to be left out. But if you don't care and you just like the entertaining discussion, stay tuned. Because now we're going to talk about a television movie, because we're being completionists, that was done... Well, you know, Simon, I'll let you take the reins here as you do the intros all the time. What are we talking about this time? Okay, well, if you don't want to switch it up, I guess I can give people a little bit of context. Just a little bit. I'll take over for it. Don't worry. It's a short review. Go ahead. It's not much to ask, to be honest with you. So, as you all know, Woody usually does one movie per year, but every now and then, he sips, slips in a side project, something else, you know. So we're still in 1994, and this is uh, Don't Drink the Water, an adaptation from Woody's own play he wrote all the way back in the 60s. It premiered on Broadway in 1966, and actually there has been a previous version adapted to film starring Jackie Gleason in 1969, but this was made for television. I'm not quite sure what the context was in 1994 to make a high-profile TV movie, what the business model was. I mean, nowadays with Netflix, you get some good pitches, you know, some genuinely good movies that make sense in terms of the form factor, you know, to tell that story. But back in 1994, I don't know why this was made or greenlit. I know Woody was in the middle of a lawsuit, so he probably didn't mind the paycheck. And I'll, I'll, I'll get into a little bit. There's a there's a business decision there, behind it. Is there anything interesting in here before we continue? Yeah, I'll jump in and say he was approached by a TV studio to do two specials at the time. 
and I believe this was one of the deal. I don't know if he had carte blanche just to pick what project he was. I know he wasn't a fan of the original 1969 movie, which again, he didn't have creative control over. He really yeah. didn't like it. You know, he doesn't even like his own movies, let alone someone adapting his play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this movie, like you, I don't know enough information to know why. I know it's a part of a deal. Not sure why I picked this movie but uh, go a little bit more into it but apart from that I think he just had a deal and decided to do if I'm wrong guys correct me of course in the comments down below but I just think he had the opportunity to do two movies TV movies and this was one of them yeah it's an odd one because uh, long story short we spoke about this before Woody went on record saying when he writes a play he writes a play doesn't write a movie I played against Sam which we both like and I still is still in there for top 10 Woody on movies so far in the retrospective at least I feel like. It's a pretty damn good movie. Yeah. He said, you know, he doesn't like that either. He said, I wrote a play, not a movie. But I didn't mind playing the character. Because I played him on stage and I wrote the character. Yeah. You know, portrayed his on-screen persona or at least a version of it. A more extreme version of it in that film. But now he's doing an actual adaptation himself. Because he wrote the screenplay and he directed the film. Now, Don't Drink the Water, 1994, stars him. Along with the uh, legendary Michael J. Fox, uh, Julie Cavern returns, who's, of course, voice of uh, Marge Simpson. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the, the girl who plays uh, Mayim Balik, didn't she have like a hit TV show back in the day? That is correct. How could you forget? It was Blossom. It was like the kind of Disney production. I think it was made from, it's an Amblin. It was a kind of a Disney influenced television show about a young girl who's raised by three men. And, uh, you know, I'm not being, I don't want to come off as an arsehole saying this. She had a very unconventional look to her at the time. So people was like, oh, she doesn't really look as glamorous as other teenage girls like Melissa Joan Hart from Clarissa Spains at all at the time. So it was a different kind of take especially again a woman a girl being raised by three men but she was a hit star it was a hit show i watched a few episodes as well but i thought and hey, more recently she's in the bloody what is it um is it the big bang theory or the it crowd she's one of the main characters in that show guess who doesn't watch any of that shit me and you both okay so yeah, don't just okay. put yourself it's just, there <laughs> it's like okay i just want to highlight that just because this is made for tv wouldn't put woody did put in the effort i mean this is an all-star cast and the production is solid. Now, the story is kind of classic old school Woody Allen. It's a situational comedy. Sure. Michael J. Fox plays uh, a diplomat at a foreign embassy in Europe uh, during the Cold War. The whole piece is said during the Cold War. And his dad is a big shot. You know, he's Mr. Republican. He's a serviceman who honors his country. Straight talk. Tough. Making the tough decisions, you know. The tough decisions you need to make. To protect your family and your country from immigrants. You know, he's that guy. In fact, everybody else except him is that guy. And he's kind of a mess up. You know, he flunked out of most jobs. They try to push this diplomat thing on him. He had a secret ambition of art. And his dad has to leave the embassy to do something in Washington that's equally super important. And he has to put him in charge. And everybody's already saying... Oh, you know, your dad is just pulling in favors. You're a fuck up. We don't like you. We don't respect you. And coupled with his situation, he notoriously has terrible luck. And this is where the story kicks off with Woody Allen and his wife and daughter, played by the mentioned two actresses, crash into the embassy, <laughs> chased by back then 
the Soviet army because they are perceived to be spies. They think they're spies because Rooney Allen <laughs> took this small little camera and started taking pictures because they're tourists. And that's where the plot kicks in, that they're stuck at the embassy. They need to get home because Woody Allen's daughter is getting married, but they can't leave the embassy because the army's outside suspecting them of being American spies and wants to shoot them. And it's a very delicate diplomatic situation. And Michael J. Fox already has a large agenda he has to deal with, with equally important guests arriving to the embassy. So having this kind of military standoff outside and this political issue escalating back to Washington of these tourists proclaimed as spies and the Russians throwing allegations at America and it turning into some big international news story where it's just a big misunderstanding. You can see where this is going and how this would be very funny in a theater production, watching it on stage. Yep. Because it's great material for Woody Allen. You can poke fun of the Cold War. You can poke fun of the Russian side of bureaucracy. You can poke fun of the you know, very, very conservative American close-mindedness that when that was going on at the time, the scare of the Reds, you know, McCarthy yeah. era politics still lingering around, lots of, uh, lots of contradictions, lots of uh, uh, prejudice, as well as <laughs> one of the big comedic drives the piece has, that this family that Woody Allen plays the head of, they're very, very typical uh, for the decade of a, just an average American family. They don't know anything about Europe. They don't know anything about the culture. So one of the big nightmares for Woody Allen's character is that he has to interact with, with all these international figures. And everybody's so intelligent and sophisticated. And the, the cook can't cook anything without you know using lobsters and uh, and frog legs and all this sophisticated and caviar and all these sophisticated dishes where Woody Allen's more of a hot dog and a Budweiser type of guy which yeah. makes sense for me that they cast somebody like Jackie Gleason in the original cuz his biggest role on TV in the honeymooners was a guy like that you know the typical yeah. American dad yeah. You know, he started it. The Before Family Guy, The Simpsons, King of Queens, all those shows. He was basically a, a, a live incarnation of that idea portrayed on television. So on paper, he's even a, a better fit for that than Woody Allen. Because sure. he's we're, we're seeing we're used to seeing him more as an intellectual liberal type of guy. So him being, uh, you know, completely alien, constantly saying, oh, why did I come to Europe? It's all his brothers for it. His brothers, her brother's a damn Nazi talking about his, his brother-in-law. You know, he told us, come to Europe, come to Europe, go beyond the Cold War. But I, I want you to come in because I know you probably enjoy this less than I did. And even for me, it's it's not, it's I, I can go into more detail of what I didn't like. But what I, I want to hear your opposite opinion on this. Because this is the basic. <laughs> and the whole movie, you know, it, it's based on a play. So we're just stuck in the embassy and they're trying to get home somehow and avoid an international crisis or just simply get shot. Uh, here's the thing with this one. It's a very smaller scale production in terms of where the where it's being filmed you feel like most of the time you're enclosed in this one embassy and you're playing off the characters just like a play and for me when i think of a movie like love and death we've got diane keaton and woody allen dealing with you know this it's a different movie of course but they're dealing with similar elements you know they go to um 
uh, what they go to Russia as well in that movie? Or they go to incorporate. It, it's set in Russia, but I mean, completely different era, obviously. You know. Yeah, but, I know, uh, but I like the bigger scale. I just this is a this this TV movie is kind of like Marmite to me. Either you're gonna like it or you're kind of gonna hate it, just because. Let me talk about the things I like first of all. You know, it's funny because Woody Allen's getting older. He's got a lot of energy in this movie. And I'm like, wow, Woody, you know, this is reminding me of the, you know, the younger you in the older body. And he's doing a lot of the talking. <laughs> and it's really nice to see him, especially whether you know what's going on this, this time is after you don't. Just seeing Woody go for it in this movie, it's like, wow, he's got energy. Michael J. Fox and the female lead Malik and Judy Kavner, they've all got the energy here and it's all fun. But the actual, like, for it to be a spy comedy or a cold war comedy to me the cold war element needs to be a i don't know to play that out for laughs it didn't really make me laugh the more the things that's funny about this movie is just the dialogue and you just i was just staring at the people for an hour and a half looking at each other having going back and forth back and forth i needed more than that in this movie it kind of waned i didn't i just i need more you know, I really, it's it's a fun, like you said, it's more, you want to go and watch this on this on the play and see the actors play the part just in a small theatre. When you see it as a television movie or even a theatrical movie and you don't have, you know, they're going to different places or showing the Cold War more. And I know it's meant to be a comedy. I just, it didn't really do anything for me. And it was just too long. I just thought, eh, if it was 45 minutes or even half an hour, which is a short TV episode, it would have been fun before a movie. I don't think it warranted it. Now, this bringing this into context, Woody Allen wrote this himself. They did the movie back in 1969 and he didn't like what they did with it. So he wanted to redo it. Here's the thing. I quickly skimmed through the original. Again, it's a movie you either take or you leave. Did it really warrant uh, a remake? I don't really think so. And did Woody Allen drastically adapt it so much better that it makes it that much better? I don't really think so. I think this is kind of another passion project, something he wanted to do. And the only thing I feel really, I don't want to say bad about it, is that he's gone. Every time Woody Allen does a movie I'm not particularly fond of, I always wish that those actors were doing a better movie. Michael J. Fox, when I saw he was casting the movie, I was like, wow, Michael J. Fox in the Woody Allen movie? And seeing him in this movie, playing a, a different part than you used to see him, playing a diplomat, Again, yeah. I, think, I think that's great cast for him. I think that's a great choice oh, yeah. for Michael J. Fox and especially the other female. I can't get her name right. Let me get it here. Mahim Balik as a female lead that have a romantic interest. They, these two are very good a- actors and they're doing well in the movie. But again, they're just playing off each other in a very theatre-like production in a very isolated scene like that movie September. And I was just like, eh, I wish I saw you do something big and better. But the movie itself... I just think it's a take or leave. I didn't really... The comedy goes on and on and on and on and on. And I'm like, eh, after half an hour, I've got my fill. You've got this priest who's trying to be a magician, doing silly stunts and... You know, it just kind of... The comedy ran its course. And you don't really care about the story. It's kind of goofy. And the blatant thing you can tell is that this movie, this television movie, is a product of its time. To the point where I really thought this should have been... This should have come right after take the money and run and right before bananas because oh, the, yeah, the yeah, narration yeah. in this movie it sounded like it was done by the same guy who did the narration and take the money and run i wouldn't be surprised if it was the same narrator they narrate the movie in the same way the energy of the movie is the energy of woody in the 1960s in his comedy days and here's the thing if woody did direct the movie back in the day and he had diane keaton in it and it was just a comedy like 
take the money and run or bananas. Would it be much better? I might have enjoyed it more seeing Woody in his youth doing this. I don't think it would have been that much better. So I know I'm doing some weird compare and contrast. I didn't really enjoy the movie. I just thought it ran its course after half an hour. I was like, I get it. It's funny. An hour and a, an hour and a half, too much for me. But again, the actors are fine. It's shot really well for a television movie. That's basically all I got to say. I didn't hate the movie. It just really isn't for me, you know. But as a television movie, and as Woody wanted to readapt his his own screenplays on play properly, I get it. That's fine. But that's really my thoughts on it. It's just it's just a take it or leave it movie. And you can disagree with this if you want, Simon. It's kind of it's it's kind of like if you are a completionist Woody Allen fan, you can check this one out. But again, I think it's another skippable one because it's just after half an hour. You know what this television has to offer. Yes, I'm being harsh, but that's that's basically how I feel about it. No, nah, man. You you touched upon what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say is this is way, 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 way more accurate for 60s comedy Woody Allen era. You know, like it just yeah. has a feel, has a storyline. The jokes would have hit harder because it would have been still more topical. I mean, I guess you could say... Uh, Berlin Wall came down and you know, the end of the 80s, 89, you know, 90s, a new era. So even the golden eye, two years after this, you know, the James Bond sort of, uh, what, what what's it called these days? Soft reboot slash sequel. Yeah. You know, that was the theme that now what do we do with the Russians post, uh, you know, the Cold War? Uh, I wish we would knew what all the fucking shit they're going to... You need to be watching that show that Americans on FX are. That's a good Cold War drama, even though set in okay, the 80s. Okay, now you're just plugging in stuff. Let's take on the <laughs> topic. I was just going to mention that, you know, maybe invest in some cyber security, you know? Uh, <laughs> check those Trump Tower finance records, you know, maybe. You know, prepare, prepare yourself. Anyway, I'm right there with you. I think if this was done, like, played against Sam, where Woody is just in the movie, probably playing the Michael J. Fox character. Because I feel like that would have been a, a good role for him yeah. when he was younger. Yes. And have a have, you know, a more typical, kind of chubbier or American dad. You know, Jackie Gleason was a good choice. But somebody of that energy and that nature, that appearance, you know, somebody who's like, uh, I'm just a... Nine to five, clucking it out, you know, do the right thing, pay my taxes, average Joe type of dude come in there and have a good director like who did play against Sam and add to the movie. Because I know that's that's your weak spot. You hate it when somebody adapts a play and it's just like the play. We're stuck at, you know, maybe one or two locations. And that's the whole movie. We don't get out. The scope is small. You even said that about... Um, fences. fences. Exactly. Fences. Yeah, fences. Which, again, I thought it was a fine adaptation. But I know what you mean. And, again, played against Sam. Got around that very good, I thought. They did some clever things in that movie to address the issue with the scope and to expand yes. on certain things. Exactly. exactly. And, and that approach would have been great for this. Now, after saying, you know, this just proves that Woody, he has a thing for contradicting himself, you know? Hmm. <laughs> he said he doesn't like adapting theater plays because, um, you know, he wrote it for the theater. I guess adapting it on a small screen was a unique opportunity. And since sure. he didn't like the, the already existing film, hmm. it was an opportunity to remake it. Sure. And, and yeah, he was at a, a point of his life where some extra change didn't help. Well, <laughs> you know, wasn't unhelpful. 
yeah. for his uh, lawsuits. Outside of that, we already spoke about everything. I mean, everything you need for a good movie is there. Uh, Woody wrote, wrote a good screenplay. It's witty. It's funny. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it moves fast. It's entertaining. It has uh, a, g- a good spin on this Cold War scenario. It really reminds you of his earlier films, like Take the Money and Run. Yeah. It's just that the film itself, <laughs> it doesn't do much. Like, Michael J. Fox is such a a, a great actor. And it yeah. is, you know, his whole early career is remembered so fondly before he was diagnosed with, you know, his disease and then became an even bigger legend as somebody. Oh, yeah continue to fight and bring awareness and now he's actively funding a cure and does all these amazing things so he's like a, a legendary pop culture figure definitely and everybody's remembering his early movies so fondly that seeing him here you're really hyped you're really excited and he has one emotion which is confusion <laughs> that's his character his character is confused from the first scene to the last scene and even though he has an arc it's well written you know he starts off as incompetent and then everything depends on him at the end of the movie. He's just kind of in the background. He has a, a, a subplot love, love story that's easy to predict. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's not much to it. The biggest standout thing in the film was the staircase from Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's what I kept thinking <laughs> about. Like, that's the same staircase. But everything else. And yeah, the, the priest, I get it. It's very... 60s woody just showing yeah. it to christians like yeah. you know the the priest is a magician well, guess what that's a metaphor for you know he's just like doing magic tricks like oh turn around Ooh, i'm walking on water you know it's like there was literally a bit where he was trying to pour water into his own like into his uh garb or whatever and just came for it was like you know water to wine whatever yeah, Making yeah. Water disappear. I, I, I wish he would have actually went that far where he actually poured some water into a cup and said what's that over there <laughs> just switch it to wine or something yeah, yeah. but yeah it, the joke was played out it, it i could have been less or they could have emphasized the whole idea like besides him doing magic tricks they never suggested that his religious persona or him being a priest again stuck at this embassy means anything you know or, or that his religious advice is just as useless as his magic tricks like do that comparison they never drive the point home that oh you know he's a priest so of course he's full of of it they would have upset a lot more people on television with that kind (laughs) of of contrast yeah again not not probably not the right decade for woody to to try to be controversial and the right time the worst time (laughs) yeah but uh, I said that, so that character was a bit annoying, even though, again, his part is well-written, and he has a he has his moments in the screenplay where, and in the story where he's important, and he actually helps helps out the characters and has a important function in the plot. I should I should mention, I do want to mention Judy Kavanaugh. She's been in that three Woody movies at the time. She was on that, that skit, uh, the Optimus Rex, when we spoke about New York stories. She was in that. She was in Shadows and Fog. And now she's here this time, Woody, again. I mean, great voice. I mean, Woody loves her coming in. You know, Woody's got these semi-regulars, not Mia Farrow, Diane Keaton-level regulars, but, you know, he's, he's recasting some people. Like, and she was fine as Woody's wife. Love her voice. Love her energy. It was it was really nice seeing her again. I think we're still going to see her again, and at this time she was a phenomenon with the Simpsons. Still, you know, but she still still loves working with Woody, and she did. She was a good second pick for Woody. I hope to see her again. Yeah, yeah. Cast is solid. It's just there's not much to it. I wish uh, 
Woody wouldn't have to focus on directing this, only, you know, delivering the jokes and adapting the screenplay. And the director could have added a, a lot of extra elements to it because, you know, like you said, it just doesn't grab you in between the jokes that much. Yeah. It's it just kind of it just kind of moves along and that's that's all there is to it. And considering the brilliant cast, you you would hope to see more than a few good laughs, which I got from it. But then again, it, it appeals to my sensibilities because it just makes fun of politics and the Cold War and yeah. Republicans, you know, so I'm, I'm already on board for that. The last thing I want to say is that, you know, again, to make this movie more of what I would have liked, you would have had to completely retool the movie. Like, I, again, because this is a shorter review than the other ones, just going to say, I probably would have, like, made this a movie where uh, Michael J. Fox and Mayim Balak are in a, a bit more of a semi-serious movie. You're not stuck in the embassy alone. You actually see Michael J. Fox interact with the people of Russia and then, you know, her family comes. It would have been more, like I said, more of a the love and death idea comedy wide scale you know but that was if Woody was going to make it a feature film this is a television movie but even me retooling it's a completely different movie you know so it just wouldn't have been something different for me to think it was of a higher Woody Allen caliber but again let's let's give him a pass because it's a television movie and a decent one but again like I said if you're a Woody Allen diehard then you're probably going to want to check this one out but if you again just want to watch the best of the best this is one to skip in my personal opinion so and hey I've got some evidence about that up because if you look at the audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, again, one of Woody Allen's lowest offerings, talking about the threes and the fours. You know, people had to go out of their way to watch this one because, again, it was a television production and you had to watch it on reruns. It only got a, a DVD release in the last, what, seven or ten years. So you have to go out of your way to find this one. But I think the thing that's going to draw people more to this movie than anything else is seeing... Michael J. Fox in the Woody Allen production, they'll be like, wow, I wonder what that's about. And then when you watch the movie, you might be a little bit disappointed, but I still think on a on an acting scale, it's a fun watch. And that's the most praise I'm going to give it. And I'm going to stop shitting on it because there's some fans that might tell me to kill myself if I don't be careful anymore. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you this. You can kill yourself twice. So, you know, don't worry about that. Exactly, exactly. So, guys, if you want some more information on this movie, check out the Woody Allen Pages Watches Guide. He went to so much detail in this movie. I didn't know there was someone behind the scenes. Even this one. one. Yeah, even this one. I was surprised. He actually he actually ends one of his book volumes. I think it was volume four on this movie. And it's funny you should bring it up because at this time of this recording, I do want to find the Woody Allen Pages because that is his most recent Watches Guide I've been using that for a lot of my research and Tim my own research as well. But from this point on, he's still writing more. So we'll still give him some shout outs just on the website. But when you see, maybe we won't get into so much facts before because we don't have the book to lean on. But to be honest with you, those facts on the other movies, they were harder to find. Now we're in the mid-90s, actually Wikipedia, and there's a lot more recent sources. So it won't be that difficult. But the main reason I'm bringing it all up is, again, I want to thank the Woody Allen Pages Watches Guide, the website. That's the Woody Allen fan site, number one. Check it out. And I want to thank the guy, Danny, there for giving us support and just, you know, shouting out the podcast. We do appreciate that. And if you want more information on this movie or any of the other previous ones we spoke about, check out the Woody Allen Pages Watches Guide, as well as our retrospective on Woody Allen by going to WoodyAllenRetro.com. Simon, I want to thank you for joining me on this one, as usual. That's so good, man. I, I just wish, you know... The only thing this movie made me want to do is watch the original theater production. Sure. You know, somebody should readapt this to theater, maybe spice it up, make it a bit more modern. But I think 
Ah, oh, damn. Now, now I feel like, oh, somebody should remake it and do it justice. Uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's enough here. It's, uh, I think there's better. But anyway, guys, if, <laughs> if you think there's other plays that you think should be adapted, let us know in the comments down below. I'm sure Simon doesn't really give a shit, but I'm just going to say leave it down below anyway. But that's it, guys. Thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, you can give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel if you want to continue joining us on the Woody Allen Retrospective all the other stuff we do on Planet Tyro. Everything will be next down below. Listen on the podcast. Thank you. And on that note, we're going to sign out until next recording. Guys, we will see you later. You also need to tell them to click that button for notifications or whatever. Oh, yeah. You can hit the bell on YouTube for more notifications. I know you're just, you're just teasing me, Simon. Get the hell out of here. I am. I <laughs> am.